Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That is Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. Hey, Marcus, are your are your arms tired? <laughs> you fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, because we just flew across the pond. We're back in the United States of America. We want to give a personal thank you, and we will give a, uh, a thank you as well on this week's last podcast on the left. But we spent, uh, what was it, eight days? Uh, seven. Seven days in the beautiful UK. We started out in Scotland. Uh, the people were absolutely wonderful. We did not get the Scotland kiss, which I believe is a headbutt yep uh, but nobody headbutted me they did try to they but they were tr- constantly hitting my nipples <laughs> with their head i think they were attempting to headbutt me but they couldn't quite get up here uh, the people were phenomenal we went all the way down to manchester and then down uh to london and it could not have been better thank you guys so much everyone that came out was incredible we got extremely intoxicated perhaps mm-hmm. too intoxicated but yeah. just right and the shows were phenomenal so thank Thank you so much uh, for everyone that came out. And thanks so much, Marcus. We're getting a lot of new listeners here on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. My Facebook and my Twitter, it's blowing up. Yeah. It's big time stuff. I, I'm like, what happened here? Uh, you know, did, uh, what's the what's the name of the Unabomber? <laughs> Ted Kaczynski. I'm getting kaczynski <laughs> I'm getting totally Kaczynski'd on Twitter. It's blowing up. Everyone is loving it. And uh, so thank you so much. So if you're a new listener to Abling and Top Hat, welcome to the club. And uh, it's not politics as usual. Ugh. Is that what they say? Jesus Christ, I man. don't know, man. <laughs> Come on. For crying out loud. Um, so we were in the UK. We woke up, I believe it was Friday morning, uh, most likely extremely hungover, covered covered in room service food. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of the room service. <laughs> they bring it right to you. Yeah, that's what it is. And you don't have to answer the door closed because by <laughs> law, you are in your abode. Okay. You're in your hotel room, so if they whatever they see, they see. Did you look that up? No, no, it's not actually, that's not a law. I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming you're supposed to open the door fully closed. I, I think you get prosecuted for that. Yeah, yeah well, I, I was wearing a robe. I was wearing a, a towel and a robe. So Good. I was totally legal. I ate a lot of pizza. It was a wonderful experience overall. Um, we wake up and all of a sudden we hear this news that Donald Trump 
uh, said something about grabbing him by the pussy. <laughs> See, I was actually still up uh, when this happened because you had gone out to go drink with English people and uh, apologize to them for getting them into the Iraq war. And I did a lot of apologizing for that. <laughs> it turns out there are an extreme amount. There were I met a few Trumpers out there. Yeah. There were a couple of massive Trump supporters uh, and a couple of people who were extremely pro-Brexit uh, Brexit as well. Very diverse crowd. Yeah, of course. But uh, as you were uh, out there you know, meeting the people. I was in uh, my uh, hotel room getting a little bit of a rest and mm-hmm. I was in there. I'm fucking around on uh, Facebook and I see this thing come up like Trump lewd comments, grab them by the pussy. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, that's stupid. Like, what is this fucking like fake news bullshit? Right. And then I click on it. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. This happened. All right. So this for, actually happened. It happened at a tour bus in what was it, 2005, yeah. I believe. He was doing a shoot with Access Hollywood, which is just one of these disgusting tabloid television shows that's soulless and heartless. And that's the exact kind of conversation you could expect in private when you're talking to a Bush descendant, Billy Bush. First cousin you, to George W. First cousin to George W. That he does have that W smile, mm-hmm. um, which it means it's kind of crooked and you don't know if he's telling the truth. Yeah. But uh, so he's on a bus at Access Hollywood. It's as trashy as they come. He's talking about how many, uh, you know, his female conquests and things like that. And of course, he's 59 years old at the time. Billy Bush is a young upstart person trying to make it in the entertainment industry. I don't know if he's going to succeed. He's only a Bush. (laughs) He only comes from a long line of two presidents. Is he going to make it in this world? Oh, Billy. He's had to struggle so hard. Yes, Billy Bush has since been suspended from, I believe it was the Today Show, yeah. what he's working on now, which is absolutely insane in my personal opinion. The only person to have any real blowback from the Trump scandal of talking about how grabbing women uh, at, by, by their pussy, theoretically unwillingly, uh, unwillingly, uh, the women didn't seem to, I don't know one woman who was just like, grab me by the pussy, <laughs> unless it's, you know, it, it, it's uh, Jackie Zabrowski from the Round Table of Gentlemen, or uh, we, we often mention, what is it, Maud? Maud. From, uh, from Pee Wee Herman. The, the truck driver. Oh, Large Marge. Large Marge, yes. Maybe if you're a female truck driver, you want to grab me by the pussy, and then, but you're in control. Yeah. You know, and then that's totally acceptable if you're a woman. I mean, honestly, if I was with a woman and she did demand I grab her by the pussy, I mean, I would... You got to do it. <laughs> There's really no way out uh, at that point. So Trump is discussing his female conquest. Billy Bush just sort of plays along and laughs. And he is in a precarious position at this point. He Trump is his guest. Yeah. And this 59-year-old supposed billionaire mogul is talking about having sex with chicks. What is Billy Bush supposed to do in that situation? Stand up and, and say, I'm out of here. And then mm-hmm. he's then he's fired. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you have those kind of conversations, when you put people in those nervous situations, when you are a person in power, I mean, this, was, this is what happened with Roger Ailes at Fox News. When these people who are in power are having a conversation that you're not comfortable with, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Which is why... Uh, that, which is why, of course, they had to be held to a higher standard because if they're having uncomfortable conversations and you know for a fact that you'll be in trouble if you either don't go along with them or make a bold stand, uh, you're, you're really damned if you do, damned if you don't. So Billy Bush is really the only person to have massive re- massive uh, repercussions for the conversation privately taped in 2005 
on the Axis Hollywood bus. I would say Trump has had massive repercussions from this. Not really, because you look exactly what happened. <sighs> so we'll get into the yeah. we'll get into the debate here. <laughs> I think it's pretty gigantic. We'll get into the debate. I, I mean, I think it's what finally Trump's- killed him. I mean. Okay. I really do. We'll talk about it. So so anyway, so let's move forward now. That was supposed to come out on Sunday, I believe. The um the uh, It was supposed to come out on Monday. Monday. Uh yes. Uh USA Today or Access Hollywood was gonna leak the tapes. Access themselves. Hollywood. And uh it was they gonna were, be their Monday night uh program. Yeah, it was a big story, and then they realized they had to run with it. Of course, I'm sure they were prompted uh by the Hillary campaign a little bit to do that. So now let's go to Sunday's debate. Um Donald Trump is in a situation. His back is against the wall. He has a, you know, everyone is screaming at him for um, his, his, for his verbiage, for his language. He called it locker room talk. And uh, very jocular. Very jocular. He's the Charles Ng <laughs> of presidential candidates. There's no denying that. He's just, you don't even know what he brings to the friendship. <laughs> you uh, don't know what I bring to presidentship. You don't know what he's going to bring to the presidentship. A lot of great stakes, perhaps. Uh, you know, disgusting things that uh, Mr. Epstein can provide. <laughs> um, by the way, I was having a conversation with a very uh, high up person at work, and I mean, there, there, he lived by the Epsteins, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about the parties they would throw and things like that. I mean, it's all true that the underground sex ring, you know, ped- yeah. pedophile aisle, the uh, the 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 air um, air, the fuck airplane, one. air fuck one, I believe that was what Air Force One was called. Mm-hmm. So that was an Epstein's private plane. Um, that's just what they called Air Force One when Bill Clinton was aboard. Um, which is horrific to think about. I mean, all that shit is completely true. There are some allegations about Donald Trump and, of course, Bill Clinton as well when it comes to Epstein going to his parties, just having random orgies. Apparently, Bill Clinton had his own seat that was just, like, you know, just for him so he could, you know, wet his cigars on, you know, what Trump likes to grab, (laughs) which is quite disgusting and disturbing to think about. That's the thing about this election. The people who were running... Both I mean, Trump and, and, and Clinton, they are just, they are vile. They are disgusting human beings. They are awful human beings. No one would do the vast majority of things that they have done. No one would would do. I mean, it is, it is absolutely insane. And when I say, like, I know Hillary has not been accused of anything. So in a lot of ways, she is a victim as well to Bill's, uh, you know, misdeeds. I mean, it's certainly hurting the campaign, but she definitely covered up for him. And she knew that she had to in order to have any sort of career in politics so she was willing to compromise certain uh morals in order to get what she really really wanted which is of course the presidency of the united states she's fine i mean it's you we've gotten to this point now where uh if it was anybody but trump hillary would be getting destroyed yeah i mean i'm sure but i don't think she's anywhere near as evil as people make her she doesn't deserve to be called the devil well, Alex Jones proved that she was. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw that, but Alex was it the fly? It was the fly, indeed. <laughs> it did I not- knew it as soon as yeah. I saw the fly. Because for those of you who don't know, Alex Jones has been yammering on about the flies that supposedly constantly land on Obama. He's been yammering on about this for eight yes. years, and as soon as the fly landed on Hillary's face in that debate, I fucking was like, "Oh, Alex Jones is going to have a fucking field day with this shit," and he did. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> it's he a, absolutely did. But the fly did land on Hillary multiple times, yeah. and it left Trump alone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, oh, it's so fucking... You never uh, know. <laughs> well, that, that's probably because Hillary Clinton was able to uh, stay still in one place, while Donald Trump just, he's on the move, you know? Well, we'll get into that. Um, so in order to counteract the uh, actions of Trump on this bus from 2005, Trump showed up to the debate 
uh, pre-debate when Hillary Clinton is theoretically going through debate prep. Of course, Trump prides himself on never practicing. He's the <laughs> Allen Iverson of presidential candidates. Practice? It, we're talking about practice? And of course, AI was very good, but he never got that championship ring, did he? No, he didn't. Maybe a little practice would have helped. Maybe. <laughs> so um, instead of pre, uh, instead of doing the pre-debate uh, prep, he showed up with uh, Catherine, uh, Kath, Kathleen Willie. Is it Catherine or Ka- I think it's Kathleen uh, Willie. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so he showed up with Miss Willie, um, Paula Jones, Juanita Broderick, and another woman. Uh, who was raped at the age of 12 and... Uh, and Kathy re- Shelton. K- Kathy Shelton, who was paid $2,500 to show up, which is a strange amount of money uh, to <laughs> well, be there. Well, Roger Stone paid her $2,500 through his... through the weird... whatever. How many packs do you think Roger Stone has control of? Packs of cigarettes or super packs? <laughs> many. Pa- uh, Roger Stone has his tentacles in a, in a lot of dishes, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Yes, so he brings Miss Shelton, who was raped at the age of 12 when Hillary Clinton was a defense attorney. She was able to get her... Um, her rapist off mm. uh, she was able uh, off of a technicality there was no denying this man's um, guilt but it was a technicality and Hillary Clinton for the most part just did her job as a defense attorney um, and, and and got this uh, got this person off and then of course there was some leaked um, voice audio about her sort of laughing about the scenario and uh, in talking about what what some of the tactics she used in order to make sure that this man didn't spend any time in prison for violently raping a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. Uh, it, it was to prove a point that Sir Donald Trump, he has some uh, some verbiage and uh, his vernacular is absolutely trashy. He's a trash person. He's a human pile of of um he is a he is a uh he is just everything that is that is antithesis of good yeah you know he is just everything is he's just so uh, he's vile in, he's poisonous he's a venom indecent but i think indecent. Is, the, is the best way to describe him so in order to counteract that like we just said he brought in these uh five accusers or four accusers of, of bill clinton so bill clinton walks into the debate hall and he is surrounded by his side pieces and that is uh, his side chicks as they say i believe ah uh, that side piece Side chicks. I think it's side piece. I think it's both. <laughs> so that's just fine with me, which you know for a fact. I mean, that's fairly horrifying for this guy. He's just standing there. He looks around, and he is haunted by uh, the women of his past. I mean, mm-hmm. true rape accusers who we do have to take their accusations seriously. I mean, if we want to believe the uh, the um, the accusers, uh, you know, we have to look at that. Even though you might love Bill Clinton, you might love his policies, he was certainly a charming man. It seems to be a uh, he has a an abundance of women who claim that they that he violently raped them, mm-hmm. um, which is which is not good. So he walks in. I mean, what a move by Donald Trump to sort of nullify the whole controversy of what he said on a bus. And of course, a lot of the Trump defenders are like, okay, so he said something, but look what Bill Clinton did, and look how Hillary Clinton covered it up. And those are what the Trump supporters are saying in order to nullify the disgusting actions of their uh, of their of their candidate. I mean, it's obvious when you hear Trump talk about these sorts of things. I've known guys that talk like Donald Trump. I've known guys that say shit like that. They're not saying it to sound big. They're not saying it uh, to sound uh, more tr- like more trumped up than they actually are. Yeah. Like he's not out to impress Billy Bush. 
He's not trying. He wants to impress Billy. He's a Bush. <laughs> He's not trying to impress Billy Bush. He's saying it because he does that shit. Oh, because yeah. He, get, he, does he, it, yeah. he does it. He gets off on talking about it. He absolutely does it because there are so many women that are coming out now that are saying that he did this sort of thing to them, that he kissed them without uh, their consent, uh, that he groped them. Uh, and, of course, that does not nullify that, yes, Bill Clinton is, you know, probably bit they of a serial they, rapist. They both but, went to the same parties. But yeah, yeah, they both went to the same parties, but Bill Clinton's not running for president. He already was right. president. He was actually a pretty good one. And we can't try Bill Clinton. And if, if he was running in 1993, these would be accusations that were brought up pre-internet. Who knows how far Bill Clinton would have been able to get in, in 1993 if the internet was around. Mm. These scandals, I think, would have had a lot more traction. Yeah, I mean, was, they definitely would have. I was speaking to this man uh, very high up at, at work, and he was talking about, you know, they... they the Clintons, what they do, they have these huge functions. They they allow all, they invite all uh, major media uh, personalities and people who run the media. They come in, they get them drunk, and they tell them what to talk about. Yeah. And they were able to control a narrative for a very long time. Thank God the internet came around, first of all, um, because otherwise we wouldn't know who Sasha Gray was, who, <laughs> who is a person that bonded Marcus Parks and I together forever and ever. And also because we can really expose these people for who they truly are. And hopefully after we get through this last line of old guard filth, yeah. we can actually have human beings who are in office that are good people who aren't. I mean, you don't have to be a horrible person Uh it, to be president, you have to. You know, I mean, you have to do what you have to do to become a president. Which you know, you might have to kill JFK if you're Lyndon Johnson. Okay, <laughs> you know, you might have to do some things that are compromising, but you don't have to be a horrible person to your core and to your soul. Obama proved that. He proved that you don't have to be a terrible person. A lot of people don't like Barack Obama. I know they don't like him, but he's not a terrible person. He's no Hillary Clinton. He's no Donald Trump. Like he compared to them, he is a fucking saint. Some people I mean, think he's worse because he smokes cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Okay, so this debate, it should have been, first of all, the theme song for Halloween should have been playing the entire time. <laughs> because, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, Donald Trump has been accused of stalking Hillary Clinton on stage, and it was it was quite phenomenal. I yeah. did wish that the, the set was either in, in a locker room, that would have been a fun set, <laughs> or Donald Trump had one tree that he could just sort of like peek his head around. Uh, that would be amazing as he licks a knife or something like that. Um, so the debate started off the first 30 minutes. I mean, Trump did what every single Trump supporter wanted him to do. Oh, yeah. And he had to because his base was absolutely falling apart. So we had to go back, duct tape his base before he could even expand the tent. I mean, there is nothing he could have done. The first 30 minutes were just to solidify the base that he had worked a year and a half to get. Mm -hmm. You know, so he was already sort of behind the eight ball when it started. And then he did everything they wanted him to do, uh, which is threaten Hillary with jail time. Jesus Christ. Straight up call her a liar. Um, you know, call her, um, uh, you know, like we've been talking about on this episode, a rape enabler. <sighs> I mean, just destroy her for her record. Um Talk about the email scandal. He went all in on those first 30 minutes. And you could tell she was a little bit shell-shocked because, I mean, it was completely abnormal for a presidential debate, specifically in a town hall setting. I don't think we got to the first question until 20, 30 minutes in. Um, and, then, of course, the moderators 
um, they were a lot of people were not happy with Anderson Cooper and uh, and I forget the name of the w- woman Marcus could you find it I can't remember her name but I will say uh, I thought she did a great job well a lot of people were extremely upset on the right because she continually uh, disrupted Donald Trump as he was going on his tangents and yeah, but he uh, was- she didn't disrupt uh, Hillary Clinton nearly as much well there's a reason for that and she was the reason for that is that she was doing a moderator's job because when Hillary Clinton no, answered, she was doing a, they were arguing when, she said that they when, were, she was doing a debater's job no when Hillary Clinton was answering a question she was answering a question when Donald Trump was answering a question he was going off topic and not actually answering anything he had no que- he did not he, speak to the audience at all he didn't try, yeah. all he did was the reason why Clinton was thrown off because she went in thinking that this was going to be a town hall debate that's what she prepared for she prepared sure. for audience members asking questions and the candidates answering the questions. Donald Trump came in for a boxing match. And he she did. did. And she did not expect that at all. She expected yeah. a an actual discourse, some sort of civil discourse, but... No, you can't expect that. Uh, of course you can't yeah. expect that, but, I mean, it's it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks, you know? I mean, she's been doing stuff like this isn't her entire life. I do want to and, note, for the people listening and for the women on the Facebook page, Marcus just called Hillary Clinton a dog. <laughs> so, I will take the point on that one. Thank you very much. Score Ben Kissel. Marcus... She is not a dog. <laughs> she is a she is a woman. And she roars. Oh, she's an old dog. Don't say it. <laughs> I agree. She was not prepared for the attack that Donald Trump no, put on her in the first 30 wasn't. minutes. But, I mean, that's exactly what he had to do. So then the Republican Party uh, breathed a massive sigh of relief. You have the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who um, was very ready to completely unendorse. He already said he would not be campaigning for Donald Trump, but now he is sort of towing the line and saying, I'm not going to campaign for him. I'm still going to vote for him, but I'm going to focus on the con- local con- uh, congressional districts that we need to win in order to maintain uh, the House uh, the, uh, the House and the Senate. Um, but with, uh, and of course, uh, you, you also have someone like Senator John McCain and Cindy McCain uh, who are just completely disavowed Donald Trump and they will not be voting for him. But so those first 30 minutes made the Republican Party feel slightly more at ease with uh, his candidacy and with the possibility that in some some world he might be able to get back uh, in good graces with the American people, although the polls aren't really showing that he has uh, the ability to do that. Again, he was just able to shore up that base that he already has that was in, uh, you know, it was shattered. You have Senator Jeff Sessions out there um, trying to defend the guy. I mean, these are these old school, these old timey Republicans who uh, predicated their entire campaigns, their entire uh, political legacy on fiscal conservatism, on social conservatism, and on evangelicalism. And for them to sit here and support somebody like Donald Trump, it really shows the hypocrisy of the right, and specifically the hypocrisy of the religious right. You know, I do have to uh, give credit to some evangelicals. And I do have to say that I do respect some evangelicals because there are some that are coming out. People, some evangelicals that are actually, I mean, not your Joel Osteens or anything like that, but people who... Joel Osteen. Osteen, excuse me. But people uh, who are fairly big in the evangelical movement that are coming out and saying that this guy does not represent Christian values. This guy, some people are saying that this yeah, is like but when Joel Osteen makes twenty million dollars a month. Yeah, 
Go on. But what these people are doing is they're they're coming out and they're saying that this guy is not a Christian. He is not a Christian president. They're saying that uh, voting for Donald Trump is like when Satan came to Jesus in the desert and told him that he would make him king of the world. All he had to do was answer to the devil. And they're mm-hmm. saying that Trump is the exact same thing. And I really do respect them for that. Like, of course, I disagree with them. Of course, I, I do not. I think evangelical Christianity is uh, bad in a hell of a lot of different ways. But well, I do have to say that I respect them for standing up. I well, really do, especially in this election. I respect evangelicals for their unbelievable ability to put on potlucks. <laughs> good Lord. That was the only thing growing up. The only good thing about being an evangelical child was those potlucks on Sunday. Yeah. The beef stew. <laughs> Everyone brought the same damn thing. It was a fairly homogenous white society. So it was like, do you yeah. want to eat ger- food of German descent or Polish descent? No, I think this, this election really is a test. I mean, like you're saying, the hypocrisy. This this election is a test for a lot of Christians. Christians as to what their Christian faith actually is. And, and we've been saying yeah. that from the beginning. We've been saying it from the very beginning is like, do do Christians uh, hate brown people or love Jesus more? Which one is it? Well, like, if they love brown people, they have to love Jesus. Jesus is brown. Well, you know what I mean. Um, and of course, you have somebody like Glenn Beck, uh, very, uh, you know, very famous uh, conservative. Uh, he's a Mormon, extremely religious person who has officially said that he's with her. He's he's voting for mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So you have the you have the hypocrisy of people on the conservative right. I mean, obviously, Pat Robertson is still supporting him. Uh, you know, um, these these real monsters, uh, you know, Pastor Warren, uh, you know, there are there are terrible people on the uh, on the right. These evangelical leaders are, who are still supporting uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, Jerry, um, you know, um, Jerry Falwell Jr., yeah, the old junior there. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, you have the hypocrisy of people on the left. You know, these people who are, you know, supposed to be um, against foreign intervention, who are supposed to be against war, who are supposed to be, uh, you know, um, for uh, equal rights. I mean, they they are also having to swallow a bitter pill with Hillary. Both sides are extremely unhappy. Vote for Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well then, do do whatever you want to do. It's a it's a free country. <laughs> no, I, um, I I really do. Uh, I mean, I might just but, uh, just for the sake of it. I mean, I can't say I believe in Gary. Oh, uh, I believe Gary, <laughs> my little Gary. No, Bear. I said I believe I, I believe Bear. Gary. I don't know if I believe in Gary. He's cute. <laughs> he is pretty adorable. This I'm year a, I'm voting I'm for a, the cutest. I'm going to bomb something if I don't know where it is. There you go. <laughs> How is he? No, he's good. I mean, honestly, the best best case scenario, there are a lot of the Republicans who cannot vote for Donald Trump and can't uh, vote for Hillary Clinton. Vote for Gary Johnson. Hillary Clinton gets elected. Gary Johnson gets 5%. We have three parties in 2020. As we saw when we were in the UK, it seems to work a little bit. It's a little bit more functional, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit more um, choice, which is what we need in this country. I actually think Gary Johnson is going to get 5%. Um, after this weekend possible. and after, after this debate, of course, we still have 29 days left. Uh, who knows? knows what's going to happen between now and then, but it looks like we've hit a point now. It looks like we've hit almost a Bob Dole point, you know, where the Republican establishment pretty much abandons the presidential nominee and focuses on the undercard races. Well, yeah, I mean, not quite as I don't know if they really abandoned Bob Dole to the extent that they are fleeing uh, the Trump campaign. Well, they just didn't push his campaign as much as they pushed, say, you know, George W. Bush four years later. Sure. Yes. They, they realized they saw where the winds are going. And, uh, and they definitely jump ship early. So I think uh, Trump won the first 30 minutes of the debate just because, I mean, you know, with, with again, the, the, the accusers there in the front row just going after Hillary Clinton, 
then uh, the questions started to come in, and and uh, the res- and the, <laughs> and the, then the actual who- substance as to what being a president is all about came in. Some substance. I mean, it's all <laughs> it's all just random cliches and nonsense. No one really got into any detail whatsoever. But I mean, Hillary- you can't really get into much detail in a two minute que- in a two minute answer. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you do, then people start to realize that you're lying and uh, they see right through the cracks. Hillary was able to do a better job of answering people's questions directly. And uh, and then the final 30 minutes, I think everyone kind of turned it off. Although, I mean, I thought it was fairly exciting in a lot of ways. And Trump uh, and got a nice final answer in when it was, when he was asked, uh, you know, what the question was, what do you guys respect in each other? Hillary said Trump's children. Um I don't know if she was talking about Eric Trump who murders random safari af- uh, elephants, <laughs> uh, elephants in Africa on safari. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then Trump said that he enjoyed the fact that Hillary was a fighter, mm-hmm. so that that she w- never gives up, which completely contradicts his statement that she has no stamina. Hey, he was being nice for once. Can a guy just be nice? You called her a dog. For crying out loud, it's an idiom. It's an idiom? Now she's an idiom, huh? And now she's an it. It's not right, Marcus. I don't approve of that. Um, so overall, I guess, again, uh, both people, if you went in thinking that, uh, you, that you were a Trump supporter or if you went in thinking you were, uh, you know, that, that, that you enjoyed Hillary Clinton more than Donald Trump, I think both sides just kind of walked away feeling as if, they're, uh, as if their candidate won. Yeah, but I do think that the people uh, on the fence – uh, the Ken Bones of the world. Okay, this whole Ken Bone yeah, thing drives I know, me completely I know you, insane. I know you hate this so much. I don't think. I really do think the reason why people are uh, latching onto it is because this, like, this debate was horrifying. Like, Wasn't that it horrifying? Was, it was a fun. De- it was a lively debate. It was a good debate. Oh. People were screaming at each other. I grew up in an abusive home. I was very comfortable. <laughs> I thought this whole. Th- I was like. I was like. I'm hungry for dinner. This is nice. It was horrifying. Like those. Those first. Yeah. Th- those first thirty minutes were absolutely horrifying because. No, the, one because you, the reason why was because you saw Trump winning objectively. Like you looked at Trump and yeah. you say, if you look watching the first thirty minutes of the debate, you're like, I actually said out loud, "Holy fuck, how is he winning this right now?" Because he was. He was objectively winning the debate by B- by WWE rules, which is how he's fucking framed this entire thing. And so it is absolutely horrifying when you see uh, him actually climbing out. Like it, It's like watching a horror movie villain at the very end where you think he's dead, but then he gets up one more time. Yeah, the best part of the movie? <laughs> yeah. That's what the first 30 minutes of the debate were like. And it was insane to watch, and it was absolutely horrifying. And then, you know, Clinton started coming back and she started making reasonable points you know Trump sputtered out on the Syria questions he publicly uh, split with his VP after saying that he didn't even talk to his VP about what his position is in the first place that's fine he gave a lot of like answers that were just rambling that didn't really make any sense Uh, Clinton appeared much more presidential and it was a little bit more calming but you still had a bit of a, a knot in your stomach and then you see Kenneth Bone, who's right. just a happy little man He's in a red a sweater. He's a happy little man in a red no. sweater who asks a good question about energy dependence. They said the same thing about John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> no, Kenneth Bone is a distraction. It's a, it's a classic media trick. No, it's okay, not. Okay, but going back. Because the all, reason why I say it's not a classic media is. Tr- trick is because immediately, like, you go on Twitter and shit like that, immediately people were latching onto this shit. It wasn't that the... And I haven't seen people talk about 
you know, Ken Bone more than uh, the actual debate itself. I haven't seen that at all. The whole Ken Bone, that's oh already over. In internet time, Ken Bone was over in about two hours. In 2012, we had Joe the Plumber. Or was it 2008? 2008. 2008, Joe the Plumber. And now 2016, we got the person that Joe the Plumber calls to unplug his toilet. <laughs> and by the way, Joe the Plumber, is not even, his name is not Joe and he's not a plumber. No, th- but that- Ken Bone, his name is Ken Bone and he works at a coal manufacturing plant. Good for Ken. Yeah. No, it was, it was everyone was laughing at him. They, no, no. They were all. not in love with I Ken think, Bone. I think some everyone people were. Everyone was laughing at him. They weren't laughing with no, him. I think and some people were. And the media realized that Donald Trump won the debate. No, he and didn't. And they didn't want to he talk about it, so they pivoted to this fat Midwesterner with a mustache because now white fat Midwesterners are novelty. No, they're not novelty. I think the reason why people jumped on it was because it was the only fun thing in... The fun thing was when a presidential candidate told another presidential candidate if if he wins, he's going to put her in jail. That's not fun, Ben. That is so fun. (laughs) That's straight out of the Middle East. I know, it's horrifying. For someone who doesn't like Muslims, Donald Trump does act like a dictator. (laughs) I mean... It would be, it would be, that's exactly what happens in the Middle East. If you lose the election, you're dead. (laughs) Or you go to jail. That happens in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Like that's, it happens in places like that. So I'm sorry that I embraced diversity. (laughs) Now, you know. No, it's it's all. It's insane. It it was all very, very horrific. He did not win the debate overall. I think it was just, it was very scary. And I think people wanted something nice to to hold on to and Kenneth Bone seems like a very nice man. He's we just don't a, know who Kenneth Bone is. He seems like a very nice he's man. He's made up in people's minds. The guy could have kids in the floorboards. We have no idea who Kenneth Bone is. Who cares? The fact that he's even on the news is driving me insane. He's gonna he be wasn't a- supposed to wear that red sweater anyway. He split his stupid I olive know. green suit pants. Where Everyone's <laughs> laughing at him. This whole damn... He's just one of the fat slobs who is being supported by robots in 30 years, like the movie WALL-E. Oh. Kenneth Bone, energy independence. Hey, fat ass, stop eating everything. Everything. Stop Aww. consuming so much. His footprint is huge on the globe. Aww. I'm so sick of that bullshit. Now who's, I, now who's being a meanie? I'm not yeah, being a meanie. Yeah, they you were are. laughing. You called him a fat ass? He you is a fat ass. <laughs> and I'm sorry. You said that he was wasting space. He, he is was wasting. He's a consumer. All he does is consume, consume, consume. He works and at he a go- coal manufacturing plant. And he's so why is he talking about energy? <laughs> why is he talking about the environment? Because he is a man who is both concerned he about is, his job and the environment at the same time. He sounds he is like a very sweet, level-headed man to me. He's eaten for five. He works in the coal industry. He's split in his damn pants, which means that whoever, the, the poor slave laborer who made those things was for naught. And then all of a sudden, You're he's really a hero. Here. No, he's a, he's a hero because he's talking about the environment because he has to question like a timid jackass because he's been beaten down his whole life. Wow. You really I, have some hatred for I, this guy. Like, I think it's, it's horse- really intense. It was not. It was a media creation that was simply put out there to distract about the issues no, because absolutely- candidates are the worst human beings that have ever run for the office of the White House. It absolutely was not. It, he is an internet creation. He's not a media creation. The because media, as soon he was on as, CNN. As he was on as, everywhere. Yeah, but he was not created by the media. He was created. This is an internet phenomenon. Like, this is actually something that uh, started mm. on the internet and went outwards because as soon as I saw Ken, as soon as I saw Kenneth Bone come on the TV, I the first thing I said out loud was hope you're ready to become a meme. Because, Ugh, and that's, that's exactly what fucking happened. And before, as soon as the, the debate was over. You know where Ken, as soon as the debate was over, you know where Ken Bone was uh, trending on Twitter? He was like number three, number two. Good. Yeah, I mean, he was, this, so is sad. Not, this is not a media creation. What about the Iraq war? What about the fact we're $19 trillion in debt? 
What about what about the fact that we have two candidates who are pathological liars? Yeah, of course. What about the fact that we have one rape enabler and one possible rapist? Then we already know all that. We know. We that. already know all that. We already know all that. We've oh been talking God. about that forever. <laughs> That's why one little chubby guy in a red sweater is making <sighs> people feel just a little good, just a fucking tiny bit good. That's all we know. want. All people know. want is to feel a tiny, tiny little bit good because this is a fucking shit show. This yeah. is horrific. This is, where did well, we get, how do we get here? And Kid Bone is the only thing that people have to hold on to. And like Lenny, we're going to squeeze him until he's dead. Don't bring Lenny into this. <laughs> can you can you leave Lenny out of one conversation you have with me, please? Of mice and men for crying out loud. Seems like a wonderful tale compared to this election, by the way. It seems, it has, it seems like it has a happy ending. One person dying in a river. I would take that any day. Good Lord. But I will say the Trump-Pence, a lot of people are making, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to split that ticket up. If you look at Joe Biden, and, and it's, it's common for VPs and presidents, uh, even in office, to, uh, you know, to disagree with each other or to publicly go in different directions. They're human beings. Yeah. They have different opinions. But it was, I mean, if you look at Joe Biden, of course, he was the only reason that we have gay marriage today. Yeah. Because, because he, he was fucked up. <laughs> because theoretically messed up. And thankfully, yeah. the political tides were in that favor and they were it wasn't a, a huge casualty for the Obama administration. They didn't want to talk about gay marriage until after the election. Yeah. Uh, but it's obvious with Trump and Pence uh, that Pence has an opinion. He has it seems like Pence yeah. does have an informed opinion that he is an actual politician who thinks that maybe one day I'm going to be in the office of pre the presidency so I Oof. better know <laughs> yeah. or at least a vice presidency so yeah. I better know what's going on and you know the most deadly civil war happening in the world right now. Uh, Trump has no opinion. He didn't do any sort of debate prep. He doesn't know what's really going on in Syria because he's too busy calling up Jennifer Flowers to make sure she can be in the hotel conference room by 7.30 that day. Well, it's very important to get Jennifer Flowers in there. <laughs> like, that, that's, yeah. that's what he's doing. And it's obvious. When she asked a question, when she began to ask that question, uh, her name is uh, Radatz, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Martha yeah, yeah. Radatz. M Martha Radatz, yeah. Uh, and it was obvious, like, you could see her winding up on that one. Because you could tell. When she asked what question? When they, she started asking the Syria question. And then when oh, Donald yeah. Trump started talking about Russia and all that, and you could see her winding up. It's like, well, you're running mate said the exact opposite of what you're saying right now. Sure. What do you say about that? And it was obvious that Trump didn't even know what his running mate's position was. That he, It was almost like he didn't even watch the VP debate. Well, I, I think that he did watch it, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, he half-watched it while scrolling through his fucking Twitter feed. Well, it's tough to do now. You always got to have one eye on Twitter, one eye on TV. <laughs> that's, that's modern America. No, I mean, uh, you know, Pence is definitely, uh, you know, he's the, he's, the, he's the true conservative in the race. We talked about the abortion thing a lot before. It is a bit of a lie, Marcus, that he makes women pay for the uh, funeral of their children. He just makes them sign a burial so the kid goes off, or whatever the hell it is, goes off and gets cremated. Yeah, um, he makes so them sign a burial form to send the aborted fetus or the miscarriage to a funeral home. You just sign it. You know how many things you sign? I sign stuff all the time. <laughs> you just sign it and be like, okay. It's a traumatic experience, and he's trying to make it traumatic. more traumatic. He's right. trying to make it more traumatic. He's trying to make it more difficult to do, uh, and he's also trying to put another roadblock into using fetuses for stem cell research or any sort of scientific research. If they go to the cream, most of them are just used for makeup. Ugh. 
They are. Did you learn? Did you <laughs> learn that from a sign when you were six years old? <laughs> no. no, no, no. I learned it from a billboard. <laughs> Babies are used for makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I mean, that, I, honestly, though, if it was Pence and Kane, I would. Next election cycle, I just want it to be much more boring. Yeah. No, no. I oh, next so. next election cycle, I want it to be, uh, you know, I mean, remember how boring Gore Bush was? Or, well, that was actually kind of exciting. No, no, no. Not Gore Bush. Uh, Clinton Dole. Clinton Dole. Clinton Dole. Like, Sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking disease. Yeah. Clinton Dole. Like, that That would be great. I got Clinton Dole disease. I got to <laughs> eat lemons for a week. The doctor says it'll clear it right up. I mean, presidential yeah. debates are always kind of exciting. But, I mean, really, yeah. like, Obama-Romney wasn't really all that exciting. There wasn't a no. whole lot coming out on that. There wasn't a whole lot of scandals. There was no real October surprise. No, the big, the big scandal was Romney's 47% line, which yeah. has been... I mean, that doesn't seem, that's nothing. That's not, I mean, Hillary's deplorable line is worse than that. And then Trump's, um, oh, good God, the amount of lines, you know, <laughs> I said on Twitter, I posted like, you know, it was, it was a June of, uh, no, not July, maybe it was August of, uh, 2015. That's when he mentioned Megan Kelly bleeding from her, whatever. Yeah. At that point, I remember being like, I'm done with the Trump train. Um, you know, I thought that was going to be it. And then yeah. it just never ended. It's yeah. just gone on and gone on. And the sad thing is, and I am sorry, if this is your first election that you're voting in, you have Donald Trump who looks as if he is visibly on cocaine and it's possible. Princess Leia, uh, said that he was on cocaine, Carrie Fisher. And I yeah. believe her. She knows all about coke. She does know all about coke, but I mean, we've both dabbled. Have you ever gone an hour and a half without Coke after doing a whole bunch of Coke? You got to do a lot of it. <laughs> and then you can go for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he just has, uh, there was actually a, a medical doctor who looked at his posture and he said he doesn't He doesn't get enough, um, he doesn't have enough uh, air coming through his nostrils. Mm. Isn't that sad? Because he has horrible kind of toad-like posture. <laughs> So that's the problem with yeah. Trump. Yeah. I wish it was cocaine. Like yeah. Neil Young, with big old, uh, just a big rock in his nose, will sing and keep on rocking in the free world or well, something. Well, speaking of his posture and uh, his just general movements while Hillary Clinton was speaking, I can't believe nobody has mentioned this yet. The entire time she was speaking, he was rubbing his microphone against his jacket. I don't know why no one fucking heard this but me. I feel like I'm a crazy person here. Yeah, because Hillary be. Clinton was, she was... Talking and I kept hearing. I think it's because he kept on spitting in the microphone. <laughs> no, he was holding the microphone down to his jacket, and I actually saw him once rub his microphone against his jacket. And to hmm. further prove this, there was a time when Donald Trump had his microphone down, the noise had stopped, and when he pulled up his microphone to speak, and this is as a sound guy. I've been a sound guy for a long time you now. Know it. When he pulled up the microphone to speak, his microphone had been turned off, and the reason why was because the sound guy had heard Donald Trump rubbing his microphone against his fucking jacket to subtly distract from Hillary Clinton. Maybe it's a fetish. <laughs> Who knows what the hell was going on with that? I mean, that, he all that, that is, he was either being a rank amateur, but it did seem like that he was actually doing it on purpose because well, I did see him actually move, move it once. And I can't believe no one has noticed this yet. He, uh, Yes, I mean he also sort of looked like he was holding he was holding the microphone. I know there's been a lot of memes out there, like a like a crooner. He was out there like a I said Wayne Newton type. Uh, he was holding it like they were about to serenade each other, and there is a funny uh, GIF now about it. I believe it's GIF, maybe it's GIF. Although the creator, I think the creator of the GIF doesn't mind calling it a GIF. He doesn't mind it, but I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> I don't think he cares at all. Yeah. 
I don't think it matters one bit. He's got bills to pay. Um, Frighteners. You mentioned horror movies. I love the Frighteners. Okay, this is this is another truth. The Clintons. You know what they do to women who accuse Donald Trump? They send out Frighteners. This is true. They kill dogs. They kill cats, and they terrorize these women. That's you, a fact. What are you talking about? This is the Clinton campaign. Uh-huh. This is how awful they are as human beings. I was talking to a high up. Okay. Higher up. I mean, he's a lizard. <laughs> That's how high up we're talking. Was it Roger Stone? No, not Roger Stone. <laughs> he's not a lizard. He's a jazz man. He's a, Stone, Stone's an inch. He's got an interesting look these days. He's got to go with that retro style. It's got something fast. Yes, that's what they do. They send out frighteners and they terrify anyone who comes against them. They're a huge machine. They're they're absolutely intense. I mean, the Clintons are the, they're terrifying. So as Trump is absolutely horrifying in a lot of ways, and he did a similar thing. I mean, he does a similar thing to people. You know, he just threatens to ruin their lives. You know, with the people that he refuses to pay after they do a full work. You know, after they do a full job on his building, he's like, I'm not going to pay you. I'll give you half. Uh, of what I actually owe you, or I'm going to ruin your life. The Clintons do the exact same thing, and it's just so disheartening to see uh, both of these people who use such unbelievable mafia tactics to get to where they are right now. And if you are voting again for the first time in this election, I apologize. This isn't normal. We don't usually have... The two truly worst human beings on the, in, in the nation yeah. running for the presidency, and uh, again, the best case scenario. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't. I, Trump is currently hovering around thirty five percent in the polls, and I don't really see how he can get above that. Uh, it seems like again, that was the base he had to solidify, so it didn't completely fracture. You have someone like Evan McMullen, who is a Mormon, who is running in Utah, basically just in Utah. He's, I think, he's registered in eleven states. He's a total nothing. He's a total scam. Um, he's going to take away votes from uh, really from Jill Stein and Gary Johnson. I mean, he's the spoiler for the for the supposed spoilers, which is what is so awful. Um, but if you are if you if you can't vote for Donald Trump uh, and and uh, you know you 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 really you want to cast your vote for somebody, I think it is a good idea to get in a third party. And you know the one thing that I love about Gary Johnson, a few things is he would get rid of gerrymandering or at least attempt to and term limits. Those things are so unbelievably needed right now. The reason yeah. we have this polarization, it started in Massachusetts with Governor Gary, Governor Jerry making that stupid-ass, uh, you know, that district that looked like a salamander. That's why they call it gerrymandering. And then all of these, you know, and it also started in the 90s when they were doing majority-minority districts. Mm-hmm. All it did was, uh, was, was fracture... Um, fracture the American people and create solidified opinions uh, and lack a total lack of diversity in opinions. So none of these people who get into Washington have any reason to compromise whatsoever. If it was 30 percent Republican, 40 percent uh, Democrat and, and uh, you know, whatever, 30 uh, percent independent, they would have to compromise. So we're going to go back to the Pizza Hut Bigfoot pizza model. <laughs> I love the pizza foot. Oh, I forgot about the Bigfoot model. I love the Pizza the, Hut move football. Just make it a square. You would have to figure it out when it comes to, uh, you know, obviously big cities would be different because there's a lot more people obviously. in them. But just we, we need to make it a grid in this country. Voting districts just need to be cut up by landmass and by and by um, groups of people without taking into account race, gender, um, political affiliation. We just have to do it blindly, and I think we could actually restore some you know, real democracy back here. It's the redistricting, it's the gerrymandered districts, and it's the lack of term limits. That's why we're screwed. Yeah. And that is, that's why none of these people in office, that's why we have, you know, people uh, like, like Steve, Representative Steve King, 
uh, who is just a, he's just a sociopath, mm-hmm. and he can just be as far right wing Republican as he possibly wants to be because there's no reason for him not to be. He's playing right to that base. And on the left, you have people who do the exact same thing. Uh, on the left, you've got Robert Byrd, who used to be in the KKK. Sure. And there are some negative things about him, too. I'm just joking. <laughs> That's just a joke. Jesus. That's just a, that's a joke. That's a, that's a that's, goof. That's, that's a, big, a goof. That's a goof. We're going to call that a goof. That's a goof. It's funny because <laughs> it's it was funny because, because it's, it's bad. so stupid. Yeah, it, you get it's, it. It's, a bad, get it's a bad thing. That's it. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel here, and I can't believe it. I mean, this has already been happening for a year and a half. This is such an unbelievably long election cycle. Hopefully, we should also take what we should do what the Brits do, what, what they do in Europe, 60 days. Yeah. You know, when we were in the UK, that was one thing that uh, we talked to a lot of people about, and they are more than happy to get their elections started and, and, and ended in two months. They they were quite proud of that. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, they have their own issues. Theresa May being their new prime minister, Boris Johnson, Nigel Farage, uh, and that whole gang has sort of taken over there, and they have a lot of similar concerns that people here in America have uh, for Trump. And, and, you know, for Hillary in some, to some degree as well. I mean, it is interesting so. to see uh, over in the U.K. Uh, it's a different feeling. Uh, it, it definitely, like, you feel something. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but let's just go back to it. That's a, a yeah. totally a topic for another episode. What's that? Uh, racism in the, in the United Kingdom. Oh yeah, racism in the UK. Yeah, mm. yeah, that, that's something. That's a topic for a, a whole different time. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. We have a lot of we have a lot more discussions to be had here. So um, I think that pretty much wraps up the debate. I call it a draw. Marcus thinks Hillary won. Yeah. I'll just say that Trump won then. <laughs> um, and I think you know. And, I mean, honestly, because it is a draw, because Trump did not completely implode again, like you said earlier, Marcus, you weren't wrong. The the bar is low. Yeah. Uh, for Donald Trump, he doesn't have to destroy himself and he didn't destroy himself yeah. so by that metric he won the debate I mean I think the whole I think that you know the Trump supporters and Clinton supporters they're not moving not at no matter what if you're in that well, camp, that was the you're only- in that camp but I think what this debate was all about uh it was really about the people who haven't really been paying attention until now yeah, you, know, you know it's what? about the undecideds whoever the fuck they are the undecideds are still undecided because they're focusing on Ken bone <laughs> no Ken That's, bones an undecided I know he's an undecided no the undecideds are focusing on Ken bone it's all nonsense no one in that room was undecided. If you're undecided, you think that Muslim woman is undecided? I don't think so. I mean, you think that gigantic human thumb behind Ken Bo was undecided? Oh my God. I took a couple of pictures of him on my cell phone. (laughs) There was this guy who was, he was red like he was running a marathon, but he was sitting. I don't understand it. Uh, But my goodness, he was a, he was a hefty boy. A walrus of a man. Yes, indeed. No, there is no one undecided. I I think that's a total lie. Maybe you're undecided if you're voting, if you're voting for Trump, maybe you're undecided if you're going to jump ship and vote for a third party candidate. Mm -hmm. I just don't see. Um, if you're, just don't see it. How it's been a year and a half long. If you haven't made a decision yet, if you haven't been paying attention yet, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, I guess welcome. You know, <laughs> welcome, welcome to it. Welcome. Well, well, I you mean, know. really, if you're, uh, I think we're very uh, biased uh, because the way we live life uh, and the way a lot of people our age live life is that we're constantly plugged into Facebook. We're constantly plugged into Twitter. Uh, we're constantly plugged into the Internet. So for us, yes, this is all we see all the time. But for somebody who isn't plugged into that bullshit, the most they may see of it is a headline on a newspaper that they're not going to read and maybe some 
something about it on the 11 o'clock news. That's it. Yeah. And they can, that people say, how can you avoid this? It's so fucking easy to avoid the election. Like, it, to avoid it to uh, the extent where you can still be undecided. Yes. Oh, it I is. don't know. I think it it's is. It's everywhere. I think it is easy to avoid it to the extent that you may still be an undecided, undecided voter. If you don't read the newspaper. No, it's not easy. I think you have to it, purposely avoid it. I, I think. It's you, everywhere, Marcus. I think it is something that you could still be undecided about. I think you can avoid it to the extent where you still know that it's going on, but you still, but you also don't exactly know who you want to vote for. Well, it's willful ignorance, but that's also. Exactly. What the two, that's the two, exactly what it is. It's willful ignorance. The two parties want it, though. And. And that's exactly what they. That's the whole. That's the whole plan. It's been the plan all along. Keep on disenfranchising people. The the Native Americans in South Dakota have to travel. What was it? Uh, I think it's a hundred miles, um, fifty miles there, fifty miles back to a voting station. It's unbelievable. We, we should be able to vote via text message. They're scared of true democracy. That's why they redistrict, gerrymander everything. They don't want you voting. They don't want you paying attention. You know, Henry doesn't vote from last podcast on the left. That's exactly what they want. A And the, the whole point of a protest vote, a protest vote is sitting on your couch and doing nothing. They want people to feel completely powerless. That's their entire plan. They want the constituents. They, they want the only the only people they want voting for the voting are the people that like them. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and that's the only people they try to reach. They don't give a shit about compromise. They don't care about governance. They just want power. They're a bunch of maniacs. So tell them to fuck off and get out there and vote and write yourself in. I mean, who cares? If everyone just wrote themselves in, it would be it would be exciting. They'd have to say it. Take it, a picture. You take a picture of it. <laughs> Let them know who you voted for. Um, you can also vote for Marcus Parks or myself. Yeah, either one of us. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. That's exactly what they want. Disen- they want a disengaged public. Um, all right. So don't forget Hillary Clinton. They have frighteners. Donald Trump is his own Goombas. <laughs> it's a terrible election, but it's exciting yeah. in, in its own right. And hopefully it gets people to pay attention. Sometimes you need a dumpster fire to let people, you know, so people know, uh, you know, that that help is needed. I'm really hoping that this is the uh, the silver lining in all of this, that this is the thing. This is the election to really make America wake up and realize that all of our electoral system is so fucked up. Everything is so ridiculously flawed. Uh, this is what happens when you don't pay attention. Uh, I really hope yeah. that people... Because more people are paying attention to politics now more than ever because it is a reality television show. That's why people are paying attention to it. But I do hope that people paying attention to it makes them realize that this shit is real. That this isn't something that, you know, if you ignore it, this is what happens. It's not something that you can just ignore. uh, And that politics, it's fun as fuck. It's super fun. Politics has always been fun. That's why we've been into it. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, right now politics are, are, are horror movie fun, uh, but yeah. sometimes they're action movie fun. Yeah, sometimes when Arnold Schwarzenegger's running, for example. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. The show is doing great. Uh, let's keep it up. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, we have T-shirts coming out here fairly soon. We got our good friend Andy working on some designs, um, which will be great. And uh, you can check out the Facebook page on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It's full of fun, lively discussion. And follow Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. He's also on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel One. Still don't know how to use it. It's mostly pictures of a dog and bagels. Um, but uh, Facebook, uh, dude, find, find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, talk to you there. Um, let's see, Marcus. Anything else? I don't know, man. Uh, go check out my music show, uh, Lucky Bone Show at Mixlaw.com slash Marcus Parks. All right, that's good. And keep on supporting all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.